if you have children in the room today, go ahead and uh, pause this channel. Come back later. Because today we're going to be talking about a couple of graphic, difficult stories. So, if you've been in the news, you know that the NHL has had a little bit of a dust-up. And in that dust-up, there was a fellow who would not wear the pride paraphernalia. Let's talk about that as we watch our culture stray further every day. I'm John Arthur for Further Every Day, and today I am joined by a soon-to-be full house, God willing. But right now, we got uh, Miss Nikki in the chair of theology. How are you? Good. Good morning. How are you? Doing well. Glad to have you there. I'm glad to be here. Clint. I'm doing mighty fine. In the chair of philosophy. Very good. Melissa. Doing good. How are you? Doing well. In the chair of culture, I see. Glad to have you there. Mr. Steve will be joining us shortly, and Chauncey. Hello, hello. How's it going? Ah. <sighs> It's going all right. What happened to salutations? What? <laughs> what? What? Uh. What? Uh. what? Uh, is it that bad? I mean, probably it is. <laughs> wow. I mean, this is a great yeah. way to start uh, yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> we are off the rails already. I am so sorry, but uh, see, it was Chauncey's fault. Are I'm you not entertained? Okay. Now, let's talk about today. NHL story. Clint, can you go ahead and get the headline from that for us? Yeah. Uh, NHL issues response after player refuses to wear LGBTQ plus jersey due to religious beliefs. So, okay. Mr. Steve is here. I'm going to ask him how he's doing in a second. But the fellow said on the ice, he, he just come off the ice and they said, okay, so you refused to endorse the LGBT movement. Why do you do that? And he said, well, I, I reserve the right to not because of my faith. And they asked, well, what is your faith? How would y'all have responded to that? Just going around the room, not even from the chairs. How would you have responded to someone who would have asked, why aren't you supporting the LGBT flag? Why aren't you wearing it? Uh, what is your faith? What would your response have been, Miss Nikki? Actually, I'm finding out that those type of in-your-face questions are not uh, pertinent for you to answer. So yes. I think I would say, well, if you'd like to sit down and discuss this later, I would be happy to. But I'm not going to be charged and asked a question and because that always turns to the other person's advantage, not to yours. And your side never gets explained. What did Jesus say when they asked you, is John's Baptist from man? Or from God? What did Jesus do? Does anyone in the crowd remember? I can't remember exact terminology that, uh, or, that he used. Let me rephrase that because I just botched that. I just botched that. They asked him. I forget what they asked him. Um, but he asked them back. Is it? Is this? It, it was John the Baptist ministry from God or from man? And Christ's response, and again, this is off the top of my head. And I'm just forgetting it off the top of my head. Christ's response is always to ask a question back, which mm -hmm. would show the ridiculousness of the question. And they couldn't answer mm -hmm. the question when he asked it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think I think she kind of spoiled the sauce. Everyone else kind of agree with that, more or less. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry uh, about that. Not, not, uh, well, for me, like, uh, they did this to Lauren Daigle a couple years ago, and she she botched that. She gave him an answer, and the answer wasn't right. Um, it made her, it gave her, it gave the interviewee the hole to interrogate, because she was like, oh, I have lots of gay friends and stuff like this. And then she was like, so are you okay with it? 
is it wrong? And she was like, no, it's not wrong. Well, no, yes, it is wrong, actually. <laughs> and if like, if I were in that situation, you came up and I'm a very front front forward guy. Well, for one, it's wrong. I won't do it because it's my free will. So why is your will over dictating my will? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that that's a much more articulate answer than what he gave. I think there's wisdom in what Miss, Miss Nikki said. But the first thing you have to do if you're going to respond at all is you have to disarm the bomb because what they just did is they just planted a mine for you to step on and you see it. If you're smart, the wise man seeth trouble. I just read this today in Proverbs 22. The wise man seeth evil and avoid it, but the foolish and the simple pass on Mm -hmm. and suffer punishment from it. Mm -hmm. And so you see that they do not have your your interest at heart. No. So that's good that you have to start to disarm it. Mm-hmm. But um, any other thoughts? I know Chauncey wanted to jump in. Well, I was going to say, I mean, that they've they've put a lot of people underneath that pressure where they just they want this particular player who's like a star or a superstar to cave in into these movements. And I see it all the time. Like these these people would get absolutely derailed through the media because of that. And if I was either in the NBA or the NFL and they came up to me asking me that, I would ask them that same question back to them. Like, what do you think? You know, or I would respond the way I respond. And it's all because of my faith. Now, I would tell them if you have a problem with my faith and you can accept the answer I give you, then that just shows that you are very intolerant. Yeah. Because you got to throw them back the medicine that they give you. Because otherwise, if you don't give them the, the medicine that they give you, then what's the whole point of you, you know, telling them exactly what it is they need to know? So agreed. So if you're going to respond at all, you got to make sure that you're prepared. And that's what this podcast is about. It's about preparing you with a response. We want you to think about some of these things beforehand. That way you've at least heard some defenses articulated. Simply saying, you know what? If you want to talk about my reasoning, have me on. On, and we can have a full discussion on that in a full format. That's a great way to say it. If you want to say, look, I believe what I believe. I don't believe what I don't believe. You have no right to enforce that on me. That is a valid answer as well. What I, what Matt, Matt Walsh has said it really well. He said, so what you're saying is, is equally so if I demand they all wear a cross, would, would that be tolerant or intolerant? of you to refuse that. Mm. And that was a fair way to say it, but I would have responded, you know, with, okay, you want me to support something that has caused more regret, more harm and more damage that's been done in the name of pseudoscience. More people today are suffering from schizophrenia, from, uh, body dysmorphia than ever in history. And it's all because of that movement. Do I support those people as humans? Yes. Do I want to support pride in that movement? No. And there are reasons why we cannot blanketly support a flag that holds every sexual proclivity outside of one man, one woman. There's, there are reasons. And let's get to some of them today. Let's get to some of them today because it, it is serious and there, there's a great story. You're safe, Miss Coco producer. Anyway, <laughs> mm. 
there is a really serious story, and it, it, it's kind of difficult. Link in the description below. But recently, Zachary and William Zuloff were arrested for producing, and again, if you have kids in the room, you got three seconds, two seconds, one second, child videos uh, or videos of them molesting, raping their kids in the worst possible way, anally and orally. Okay, I, I don't know how else to say it. It is as graphic and gross as possible. And when they were done, they pimped them out to their LGBT chapter group, posse, whatever you call that. I don't know what the organization structure is. And uh, these videos are circulating. These kids are forever damaged. And uh, anything that you could imagine evil happening happened. And these are two gay men who adopted these kids from a Christian organization, by the way, which was forced to do so by the law. They were forced to do so by the law. So there are consequences. There are consequences for ideologies. And we're, we're kind of jumping in both feet first here. I want to go to the chair of theology. And I want to go ahead and ask you, what does the word of God say about aligning, aligning and allying ourselves with people who do not love God? Well, before we get to that, because I, I can hear all the yelling and screaming in the background, that you can have a heterosexual couple who have been guilty of the same thing. I mean, we, we wouldn't have to go far to find that just sure. so, you know, this is not just because they were gay. They did this. This is a human a fallen nature. Um, and so when we talk about the biblical principles behind it. Um, one of the verses and I can't I don't have the reference is come out from among them, come out from among them and be separate, say it the Lord and then touch not the unclean thing. So whether it's. It's a heterosexual type of environment that is perverted or a homosexual environment that it perverted. You're not to be part of that. And so some of the scriptures that we have here are Second uh, Chronicles 19.2. And Jehu, the son of Hanani, the seer, went out to meet him and said to the king, Jehoshaphat, Shouldest thou help the ungodly and love them that hate the Lord? Therefore is wrath upon thee from before the Lord. In Deuteronomy 7, 3 through 5, neither shalt thou make marriages with them. Thy daughter thou shalt not give unto the son, nor his daughter shalt thou take unto thy son, for they will turn away the son from following me, that they may serve other gods. So will the anger of the Lord be kindled against you and destroy thee suddenly. And we're talking the, the other verse about being unequally yoked with unbelievers. Two men cannot reside in a a healthy environment if their religious beliefs are contrary to each other. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's a bit more that, that I want to unpack here. And I want to start by going back to where we, where we first entered that little interjection, because you're right. This can't happen in a heterosexual couple's home. Pause. In a heterosexual couple's home, though, we have not violated by creed or by understanding the origin and the meaning of sex and sexual relations. Whereas this is considered a kink or a fetish 
in some parts. Some parts, not all, not all LGBT. I'm putting that out there, okay? I'm saying that there's a lot. The first thing we got to recognize is that there's a lot of LGBT people who are pissed about this story. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for standing with us on that. That's wrong. Noted. However, part of the pride flag represents to a significant amount of people the right to do what we see in this story with the minor attracted persons movement. So they have already breached that by creed. Anything that happens in a Christian home or a church or or just a regular heterosexual couple home, it's not done by creed. Whereas in this case, self-actualization is the unspoken credo. I would I would, I would tender that. But the next thing, when Jehu came to Jehoshaphat, do you remember what Jehoshaphat was building when uh, uh, when he went into alliance with Ahab and gave his sons and daughters to Ahab's, as you see in Deuteronomy, the Bible says not to do. Do you remember what they were building? I do not. It was false idols, right? Trade ships. We're building trade ships with the Phoenicians. Jehoshaphat was on his way to rebuilding an empire similar to Solomon. So in the in the name of prosperity, we'll make sacrifices too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And what you saw and what you saw was the destruction of those trade ships in a storm that wiped out the port in Phoenicia. So the reason I'm, I'm, I'm trying to tie this really quick before I move on, and I want your thoughts, Miss Nikki, on this, is when we ally ourselves with those who do not know and love the Lord the way that we do, when we align ourselves with them, we are set up not only for judgment, but we're set up for the, you know, the judgment that they have coming, but we've set ourselves against God. Well, you have to compromise. If yeah. you're going to align yourself, um, now that doesn't mean that you can't have friendships or, or, you know, relationships with people that don't have hold your same religious beliefs. But there are certain alignments that you as a Christian will have to compromise to keep that alignment. And that's when you I mean, we can go back to the hockey player with that. I mean, he was saying, I'm not doing this and I don't care if it would if what if they said you have to do it or you're going to lose your job. What would he have done then? Exactly. So, so certain alignments are going to make you compromise your beliefs if, if, if the alignment is that important to you. I mean, and thank God, thank God cooler heads at the NHL did mm -hmm. prevail. They yes. came out with a statement saying, quote, players are free to decide which initiatives they support. And we can and we continue to encourage their voices and perspectives on social and cultural issues. Thank God. Thank God. They say. They're people. We just play hockey. Leave us alone. Right. Thank God they at least had the temerity to say that. Unlike the NFL, for when, you know, when they refused to kneel at the flag, they got penalized and they, they took money away from them and they did all this stuff to them. Yeah. It was terrible. Yeah. So we know, we know what it looks like when the shoe is on the other foot. Because these, these people were praised for disrespecting fallen soldiers, for disrespecting. But this man just saying, no, I don't support a blanket statement of perverse sexuality. Okay. So he has a, he has a, he has something really special there. He has a strength, a 
strength to hold himself and to hold true to what God has said. But let, let me ask the chair of philosophy here this question. What would him participating by wearing that jersey or putting that, uh, that, that sticker or decal on his, on his hockey stick, everything that they wanted him to do, what would that mean? What would it symbolize from him? And what would that end up doing to his testimony? So for the first part of the question, it, it tells him that he's okay with it, right? That it's okay to do stuff like this. It's okay to be perverted in this way. And to his testimony, that's just a who. People are watching us, right? The moment we profess that we are Christian, people watch us very closely. Uh, what's the saying with a fine tooth comb? Is that what it is? Yeah. Close enough. Yeah, close enough. People watch us that way, right? So everything I do, especially everything I say, comes and bites me in the butt, right? The way I've acted previously always bites me in the butt. All my friends are like, hey, you used to party with me. Why don't want to go party? Nah, nah, I'm not about that. Why? Why? Because, you know, I found Christ. Well, well you, taught, you said this, this, that, that. Is that all that okay? Absolutely not. Man, if I can go back and whoop myself 12 years ago, I would, right? So if he did all the things that they wanted him to do that basically tells the people that, hey, I'm a Christian, and I'm pretty sure most people already knew he was a Christian, that it's okay to do this. We accept it wrong. We do not accept it. I accept the people that come from it, right? I accept those people that are truly repentant. The sins they did, oh, yes, it's going to follow them until they die, right? That's a fact. The things we do follows us. So what I find interesting because I was studying the different philosophers, the, f the five head leaders, and I found four of them, right, that Lub Wiggins – he says the first is that this is what he teaches the LGBTQ because he's, he's a gay. And this is what he says. The first thing is that your work shall speak for itself. Right. And this is him talking to the gay people. Do not let other perspective. You do not let others perspective. No perspective of you negatively affect your work. Right. Don't let other people viewing you that view negatively affect your work. Right. But this is this is the second part that that boggles my mind that most people don't get. The second thing that he teaches is that to not be afraid to admit when you are wrong. So he says in first hand work, no matter if people are telling you that's bad, work at it. But don't be afraid to admit when you're wrong, which you can see that in the assistance, right? People are trying to do what they think is right and don't let anybody perspective negatively, right? You can see that happening. But the second part that he teaches, you don't see happening. You don't see people coming out. Oh, I was wrong. I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have posed that upon him. I shouldn't have. Which is weird because they're both contradicting themselves at every step of the way. Correct. Correct. And that's one of the biggest issues with the LGBT movement is that they they expect they expect full tolerance of their activity while not having the slightest tolerance for the Christian worldview. By the way, until five minutes ago, was the reigning, understood, fully accepted worldview of the West. Until five seconds ago. I mean, in the last decade, we've seen this wild, radical shift of one man, one woman to, I mean, guys, the, the floor is the limit. 
I mean, we're going to bestiality. We're going to see necrophilia. We're going to see potentially um, cannibalism. We've had people actually boil parts and pieces of their thigh and their arm and eat the bone. Like, like th there is some weird, <laughs> there's some weird garbage. You know, John Arthur, some, uh, well, I shouldn't say some, a lot of people would call that hypocrisy. Correct. Dude, I'm scared. You know what I'm saying? If people Correct. are eating other people, I'm a big snack, okay? I'm a little, I'm a little scared, okay? No, you're not a snack, dude. I'm you are like supper, breakfast, and lunch. Dude, you're, I'm scared. You're the full-course full course meal here. I'm the full-course meal. I'm like, Thanksgiving dinner. Breakfast, lunch, dinner. You know what I'm saying? So, let's move over to the chair of culture because when we start to see this failure of a proper philosophy and a proper theology. What we see is if we were to support this, even implicitly, what would that do for the Christian's influence on the culture? What happens to our testimony? What happens to our witness? What happens to our influence as a restraining salt and light? Well, it obviously just, it goes away. I mean, we are taught, I think at a early age stuff, you see something, say something. And we look at this case with Zachary and William, and you got to wonder how many people actually saw or had an inkling of something going on and didn't say anything and failed these two kids and they could have stopped something. And I would probably say last, you know, decade, two decades, you know, we have all of these labels that we put on each other. You know, we don't want to be you know, a white woman doesn't be dubbed a Karen and we don't want the applications that fall within that path. And so we don't do anything because we don't want that label. And we have been force fed this diversity and inclusion that we have to be all accepting when we don't. And so it really, when we don't say something, when we don't intervene and say this is wrong, it, it pretty much takes away all sort of influence that we could have had. And ultimately, what are we called biblically to be as far as cultural change? Were, was Christ a political revolutionary or a cultural revolutionary? I mean, possibly a little bit of both. Mostly cultural, though, right? Because mm -hmm. he ultimately said, render unto Caesar those things which are Caesar's. I would, God, I would, things I would challenge you. I think that he... he, he had a lot of politics in there that yeah. he... Well, he yeah. did. He went to the Sanhedrin. He went to the, you know, the Pharisees and the uh, Sadducees were his local politic body. But what he was primarily focused on, he was focused on what was upstream of politics. He really wanted to change the hearts and minds. Because when you lose... Well, true. When you lose people's hearts and minds and you lose the culture... You lose the politics. Yeah. It goes hand in hand. Yeah, big time. Big time. Marxism a little bit, anybody? <laughs> <I'm> saying. <laughs> but, I mean, Jesus was loud. I mean, if whenever he yes. saw the injustice, he was up and he was in their face. And the left has no problem throwing it back at us. Why aren't we throwing it back and throwing it back louder at them? Whoa, whoa, what? don't do that. You can't oppose your religion oh, no. onto me, but I can impose my homosexuality yeah. onto you. Yeah, so. But, but the reason why he man. did it. <laughs> <laughs> See, look, my biggest issue is that 
another philosopher, Judas Butler, says that gender is a performance, right? That wait, what? Yeah, yes. they say gender is a performance. But do you see men opposing their will onto others? Like, do you see, like, if they Judas really, Butler. if they truly, really want to go into that, gender is a performance. Why aren't men acting like women, staying at home, taking care of the family, like <laughs> biblical women? And why aren't women acting like biblical men? Um, it's because not they're trying not to go the to the war and all that type of junk. <laughs> but also, Judith, Judith Butler, she was one of the main proponents of this. And Dr. John Money was a believer in this mm-hmm. idea that gender is performed. And we get the infamous twins study where uh, David Remier ultimately committed suicide after having lived as a female from birth with a botched circumcision pull out the tinfoil hat, wear it for a moment. Uh, it was the, these two twins were both getting circumcised at the same time. It was a colleague of Dr. John Money's who did the circumcision with a carterizing tool and cut off, you know, permanently damaged the, uh, pe- get the kids out of the room, permanently damaged his penis. And so they cut it, they cut it. They said, Hey, the best thing to do here would be to transition him to a woman as a baby, as a few day old like two week, three week old baby. And they raised him as Brenda on, on the brink, on the brink of suicide, on the brink of suicide. They told Brenda, okay, the reason you've never felt comfortable, you've never played with dolls. You've always wanted trucks. You always wanted to be a boy. You've always been a boy is because you are a boy. This is your story. This is what happened to you. And this is why. This boy immediately said, I want to retrain. I want to be a boy. And they did everything they could surgically to create what was not there. And a few years later, he died. So we know what their mm-hmm. philosophy produces in the real world. We know what their philosophy. Judith Butler is a, an incredible beacon of suffering. Mm-hmm. Anything that she says, well, let me rephrase that. Her primary tenets that have been foisted on the world are garbage, absolute right. garbage, and gender's not performed. Yeah, it's not like I'm paying tickets to go see this happen. You know, <laughs> like I'm not. <laughs> I'm not doing it's not that. a good thing. It's not a good thing. It, it, it's it's evil. It's evil. So moving over to the chair of politics, once if we allow this to win, because we've really failed theologically in America, we have failed to educate and to build a body of Christ that is salt and light. And because we haven't been thinking and because we've lost the culture war, now we're fighting it. We're fighting it on a different level. If they win the speech issue as they have in Canada, if they win the speech issue here in the U S how easy is it going to be to share the gospel? And what should our political aspirations be as a church that is called to be that salt and light? That ain't going to be easy at all, John Arthur. I think most everybody here probably knows that it's going to be pretty much impossible. And for people to understand that and to know that what I'm talking about is true, you know, that all you got to do is look around, look in other countries. For instance, China. Look up stuff in China. Do you realize how many people come up missing 
on a daily basis because of what they say and the government doesn't like what they say? Absolutely. They have families that are out there that say, I saw one of my relatives, you know, they were saying something that about the government and now I, I haven't seen them in like they disappeared. We're talking a surveillance government. They got cheap cameras everywhere. And boom, next thing you know, this person wakes up in a ditch with both kidneys and liver missing. And we're going to talk about that. Or they're off someplace permanently donating all their organs. Yep. I mean, they're one of the largest countries of organ donations from people that uh, say this, okay? They didn't well, I'm consent. politically incorrect, and I'm going to say people who are not willing to give organs. Correct. And they come up missing, and they donate organs. Correct. Become an organ donator, okay? Now, I don't have stuff being beamed into me because I got my tinfoil hat on here just like last time, okay, like like we did the last time. So I'm making sure I'm not getting beamed bad stuff into me here. And, hey, you know, this YouTube, is America, YouTube. and I can do He's that. He's joking. So. He's joking. I promise. Oh, no. He's joking. That was nice. Oh, God help us. But be serious, on a serious note, but, you know, um, that if, if that happens here in this country, you know, the first thing that happens that that starts eroding our constitution. That is exactly what this country was built on Correct. our constitution and the bill of rights. The number one way it starts off first amendment, freedom of speech and all the things that are listed there, freedom of religion, freedom of assembly, a number of other things are listed. And then the second one is what? Guns, able to own a gun. Now, why is that the second one? To protect the first. To protect what you have in the first. That's what helps you protect what's in the first and to help protect you, not for the militia like most people seem to think, but to protect you against a tyrannical government which is what our people originally ran from in the first place. They were coming from that. Correct. Think about it. Read history. If you're not up on history, you are doomed to repeat everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I want to pick up the thought on losing your physical autonomy in a bit, because we're going to read that second story, second, second set of stories in just a moment, because you started to hit at it there. We'll get to it. Moving over to the chair of economics, I want to go ahead and get you in here, Chauncey. And I want to ask something. I, I, want, to, I want to start the question, and we're going to finish it on the second round here. Oh. What should we be war warning the world about in regards to adoption agencies, their ability to function when it is incumbent on them to give gay parents or parents who are unstable children. And I don't say all gay people are unstable. I'm saying if the adoption agency was forced 
or they would have been they would have been forced to give the children anyway, even if they felt that these two were unstable because of the protected status of the LGBT status. What should we be warning the world about in regards to this? Well, the number of people going to be caving into the system, uh, number one, when you have something that's already been established and then there's another establishment that's trying to have their values, their beliefs inclined onto somebody else's establishment, this is where these things collide into play. And so now what they're doing is they're now giving all power to one movement. And if you're not careful about, you, you know, the situation, it could be times where you could be sued. It could be times where you could be going to the courts. Uh, it could be times where you're just going to be facing a lot of financial trouble because of the factor that someone is enforcing their beliefs onto you, which by the way, are the beliefs, right? Absolutely not. But this is where they're getting to. It's getting to the point where their false beliefs is getting onto you. And if you don't abide by what they say, you're either canceled or you're control alt delete from society or whatever, because of the factor that you would not accept for who they were. Exactly. Exactly. And that right there is why we should be fighting all the way up the stream. Because when it comes down to it, the things that you value in this life, by the way, those things are comparatively meaningless, but they do lend towards the meaningful, towards the eternal. The ability to have money does provide a way for you to say, have a family and to raise up godly children. Okay. That is something that a good steward of a wonderful nation would want to keep if you live in America, for example. That's something that it, it would behoove you to spend some time, energy, and effort saving your freedom. Just a note. Just a note. And we see that in a lot of ways, the adoption agencies have lost that freedom. Now, we've kind of paved a road. And I want to be really careful how we go here. I do not want people to think that we're saying the gays are coming for your private parts. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that what you see is a very ugly trend in this direction. What you see is a very ugly trend in the direction. And what I mean by that is we now have successful uh, hysterectomies where the, um, the uterus has been successfully taken out and implanted into men. And no, thank you. Well, has it been successfully done? Yes. Yep. Yes, it has. Yeah. That's scary. When? Well, I didn't... In the last 10 years. How many? They have I... roughly here. I'm, 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 I'm actually going to go ahead and pull that up because I believe thought. they have roughly 50 candidates who, who how many gave birth? They've, they've had one or two. They've had about, they've had several hysterectomy 
I know that U- uterine transplants. They've had several uterine transplants in women with a 79% success rate out of uh, UTX in uh, Dallas, I believe. And I okay, going to feel Dallas. free to feel free to fact check me in the comments <laughs> section here. But but I so and, and again the full article is in the description. Okay, but what 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 we see is a upcoming attempt to give even if they cannot carry children these these men want periods which i i hear those are very painful i thought none of them were successful as of yet um they have I thought they were have been attempting them but they have a, none of them they have they weren't successful they have a 79 percent success rate with women right and supposedly there was one in Brazil in 2017 where supposedly carried carried a term, supposedly. Well, you know, in the 17, 1792, they supposedly had a woman giving birth to rabbits. Yeah. That, makes, that turned out to be uh, not so true. So <laughs> all, all of that to say, all of that to say, what they're, what they're getting at here, imagine this. Imagine you have a 15, more like Frankenstein. Imagine you have a 15-year-old girl. She comes in. She says, I have social anxiety. I have problems fitting in with the girls. What's wrong with me? Oh, well, you're actually a boy born in a woman's body. Here, let us remove your breasts, your uterus. Sure, they do that now. But wait, wait, wait. Your uterus. And let's give all of that to Johnny. Who doesn't fit in as well. Guess what they get paid. Guess where they get paid. On both sides of that transaction. They get paid on both sides. Because right now they're already doing that. They're already doing double mastectomies for 12 and 15 year old girls. Oh, I know. So let's imagine. (laughs) Let's imagine that we incentivize them. Let's imagine that we incentivize them. To start doing this with 15 year old girls. So that they can implant these uteruses in boys let's let that become precedent why don't we and watch what happens to a generation of children who are destroyed so my question is is that so i i'm not a therapist or anything but i'm pretty sure if a kid would come up to me and says he thinks he's becky right and another person comes up to me and he thinks he's becky mark luke and john right well that one's schizophrenia that one just needs a gender change. What's the difference? Correct. One, that, that's, one, one, one is an acknowledgement, and the other one is a yeah. obfuscation. Is it just the amount of numbers of different personalities? Because if that's so, I mean, a lot of gay people that have numbers of different personalities. Yeah, I, I just... <laughs> which, which... Her and them, wouldn't that be yeah, that's yeah, the pronouns. The yeah, there, there it is right there. Uh, you got to talk on the mic. Well, yeah. I mean, if they were wanting to be notified as he, she, her, them, they, whatever, it wouldn't that be schizophrenic? Because that would be wanting to be, you know, too many people. You know, Coach always joked like said Jim, John, and Jake and Louise. Yeah, I got an idea. I mean, how about how about I can be both. I can carry male organs and female organs, and then when I choose what I want, then I can do both. 
Yeah, impregnate yourself. Just a little bit. Right? Because you know that's going to try coming. So what you're saying is, is when someone tells you to go screw yourself, you you can't get that. And you know what's going to happen. Check that out. Now check this out. Clip off, please. Think about this. You know what's going to start happening next. Being just like an earthworm where you don't need to have anybody to make yourself pregnant. And that's that's what what it's going to end up coming to or try to do. That's what they want. Wow. Interesting. This ain't gonna happen. I'm That's what that, they right? want. No, it's but not that, gonna happen. But no, no, oh, so no, no, they're go they're gonna try and guess how Start many people you have an untold number of regretted transitions well, that you cannot quantify. You're, we're not gonna get that. away from the the regrets of those that are transitioning and are detransitioning. You can't get away from that because the number is extremely high, yeah. and so the voice on that is going to be extremely loud eventually. Imagine how much higher it's going to be when these doctors who are supposed to be the advocates of these kids, these are pediatricians. These are pediatricians. Imagine what's going to happen when they are told we can make $350,000 for the removal of the uterus. And then we can put it in Johnny over here for 560,000. Imagine what's going to happen. So now you're going to have kids who come in for consults and they get two consults and then they rip out the uterus, they shove it into Johnny who also has only had two consults and they made a million dollars off these two and they did it with only three days of operation. Do you not think that some hospitals are going to go gaga over this? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. If they allow kids to change their life drastically, why not allow them to drink? Why not allow them to smoke? Because by this point, you're allowing the kid to do go through a surgery that is physically going to change their life forever. But we won't allow little kids to drive. We won't allow little kids to drink, to smoke, or to buy firearms. So why are we allowing kids to change their internal body parts? And you know what's crazy about that, too, is that they know the dangers that all of that comes with. Mm-hmm. And the factor that they will still allow them to change whoever they was born from the very first day that was presented on this earth, it's kind of like mind boggling to me. Because if we present about the issue, one of my friends came up to me and he, he says he's gay, but he came up to me. He's like, Joel, I like this girl. And it, you know, I did one of these. I said, what? Cause he told me he was gay. And he was like, I like one of these girls. So I was like, you got to repeat that one more time. And he told me, I was like, let's, let's go to the issue. Why, why are you gay? He was like, Cause I like feminine things and I'm like, well, that's okay. That's okay to be wanting to be nice and all that, but you don't have to call yourself gay. If you were physically attracted to other females, if you like to be by females, it's okay that you like to do your nails. Like not online. I like petties, bro. I'll go with my sister and get a pedicure. Like this is me, right? Dude, stop touching my feet is what I tell the like, get, get, my feet, get my feet out of there. Stop touching my Dude, feet. Dude, when they put it but, in wax, it's so soothing. But, I don't know why. <laughs> but you're right, though. But you're right, though. There is something really important in what you just said. You hit the nail on the head. There are effeminate men, and there are masculine women. And that's okay. That's okay. God made us all different. You know, I, I, I really don't think we wanted Esther in Deborah's shoes. Uh, 
and probably vice <laughs> versa. I don't know what Deborah looked like, but I'm just guessing. I'm just guessing that Deborah probably did not look like or maintain herself like Esther. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. I kind of have this image of De Deborah as this fierce woman who is who is like ready to kill like something. a like a Ronda Rousey. Yeah, like a Ronda Rousey. <laughs> She's a scary lady. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. Yeah. So God made us all different, but that doesn't mean that God's order for man and woman somehow change because of our predilections, our proclivities. It just means that God made you different. And that's okay. In one worldview, in the Christian worldview, we have this idea that God made everyone different and he made someone for you to marry Probably being single is okay too, but so, <laughs> pumping, pumping your arms over there, but <laughs> your gender is something that is a gift from God. It is a gift. You are a man or a woman because God made you that God made you that. And he made you specifically for something. Whereas in this worldview, the secular humanist worldview where the LGBT agenda is reigning and running amok. They're saying that you were a mistake, but we can fix you by cutting, by slicing, by damaging, by removing, and we can fix what God screwed up. And my biggest concern is that they're going to start, they're, they're going to kick it into overdrive. They're going to mark the daylights out of this and not to be gross, but I'm just saying it's only a matter of time before they start marketing male parts for women. I'm just saying, j just carry it further. Just carry it further. They're going to try that. I mean, it's already, there's already products already out there like on eBay that. and Amazon where they have it to where like a woman can actually use the restroom like a man. Yeah. So she has the desire of the number one. You can't even see what the straight face. <laughs> I'm not going there. I'm not, just, even, I'm not letting that thought even got, go in my mind. I'm they got, a, they got an actual tool where you could export it there and then you just <laughs> use it like a man. It, it, I'm just saying, it's out there. You, might, you guys would be laughing. I'm telling you, it's out there. I'm just saying. That, that, that is some yeah. scary stuff. What does your browser history look like? That's, That's my question. question. <laughs> That's honestly my question. How do you Let's notice? don't even talk about that. <laughs> we don't talk about uh, Bruno. Bruno. Bruno is also known as Chauncey's watch history on YouTube. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Hey, his phone's charging over there. Do you, you know, I really I wanted to say this before we end, is that with the hockey team, the owners of that hockey team, what right did you have? to promote your political ideas with your players. You have a whole even... you have a whole uh, stadium there or ice rink that you could have promoted that without using people. What gave you the right? Yeah. Who told you that just because they're a player that you can put your political ideals upon them? Their sexuality. Oh, I can tell you. They think they own them. That's that's easy. I own you, so therefore you do what I say. Because I pay your bills. And that's technically where it got to. That's why the NBA, it happened to the NFL, it happened to the NBA. Well, first with the NBA, because majority of the NBA and the NFL is nothing but black people. And this is what it did with, with BLM, Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. And severely what happened, they thought they was doing something for a good cause. And it backfired on them like big time. That's why you don't see that. 
uh stand for justice stuff anymore in the end zones that's why you don't see uh the fist in the middle of the basketball courts because they lost so much money so if they want to ruin a sport that necessarily didn't have all that political stuff in it go right ahead because it's not going to affect the players it's going to affect the owners of those of those teams too so that's what they're going to say hey we got to stop all this nonsense so just to sort of start to wrap up the day here i want to go around the room and get everyone's final thoughts on this but before i do i do you know what i'll close with that i'll close with that go ahead miss nikki what are your final thoughts for the day well we got so many things that are going on um I like what the, the hockey player said. I, I read an article where he said, I have to stand true to myself. Yes. Okay. He yeah. does. And he did. And I think he, he did a great job with it. Stand true to yourself. Um, stand true to God is standing true to yourself. Amen. Amen. You got to remember, Christ said, if you acknowledge the son of man here on earth the son of man will acknowledge you before the father but if you deny the son of man here on earth he will deny you before the father that's not saying that you can necessarily lose your salvation that that's a debate to be had but what he's saying is if man makes you ashamed of me to the point where you deny me where you do not take you not take the salvation i'm giving you I'm not going to give you salvation. You have to, you have to accept that. You have to accept that. Clint, final thoughts for the day. So we've been talking about over the past couple of podcasts, how the leftist is trying to destroy our society now. Right. I view that I was talking to my father, big Clint, and um, he was telling me that's a little about like Marxism. Right. So they're trying to destroy a society that's already prospering so they can implement their own society. Because if they did this, let's say, let's go back, I don't know, 40 years, right? Would they be able to ask of all these things and do these things without someone saying something, Miss Nikki? No, no. See, they're doing it now because they've slowly been, you know, this is the course of like, um, I don't know, like 55 years for the LGBTQ now of them slowly pushing this. So now when they implement their own society... It's like, yeah, because this society right now is going down the toilet. It's just something to be watchful for. Let's do a little bit of studies on it because LGBTQ, half of them don't even agree what they're doing right now. Agreed. Agreed. It, it, actually, the movement often eats itself because it's not founded on the bedrock and foundation of scripture or of any scripture, of any creed. It is on this. It's on the basis of self-actualization. If you... It, it, Sorry, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying everything that you do is about self-actualizing. It's about, it's about pleasure. It's hedonism. And hedonism eats itself because eventually my pleasure comes at your cost. Someday, if there's nothing else, if there's nothing else barring, there will come a day if everything is pleasurable for me is the highest order. Someday it's going to come at the cost of someone else. And it's never a pretty sight. Melissa, final thoughts? My takeaway is, you know, what Proverbs 31, 8, 9 tells us that we need to be fierce and we need to, whenever we see that, what is against the counterculture, we need to stand firm and stand up for what is right and what is biblically correct. Amen. Amen. And 
we should not be afraid because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of a sound mind. We need to be ready to face the music for Christ. I mean, Christ was crucified. That's a, that's a terrible process. Peter was crucified upside down. The least that we can do is be ready to stand on our beliefs. And I don't think we're going to be crucified in America, not in the next five years. We'll see if things get worse. But moving over to the the chair of politics, Mr. Steve, your wrap up. Yeah. um, You know, Christians need to start using their power, especially their votes, um, in terms of people that they vote in into office. You know, you need to do your research on the people that, that are running for office. If they're not holding the same values or Christian beliefs that you are, um, vote their behinds out of office or vote and vote people in that do. And then if they don't uphold what they're talking about, vote them out, get somebody else in. And if that's not doing, hey, man, stand up, get out there, get people in or stand up and do it yourself. I mean, there, you know, there's plenty of good people that are good, solid Christians that can run for office just as good as any of these smug, narcissistic people that are up there and any of these other offices that are out there. I mean, you look at some of these people that are that are want to claim the name, I'm this and I'm this Christian and I'm that and I'm this and I'm that. And then they turn around and going to make sure that abortion is legal up till the ninth month. I mean, Correct. really? Come on. Correct. There is no place. There is no inclusivity in Christianity. Let me say that there is inclusivity at the entrance. Everyone is invited. Mm-hmm. A Christianity is inherently exclusive. If you see someone claiming the name of Christ in saying that I will fight for Christ, whether it's your pastor, whether it's your politician, wh- whoever it is, if they do not live up to that, you need to hold them accountable. Even if it's your brother or sister, you need to hold them accountable when they say they are a Christian and they act otherwise. Chauncey, final, final thoughts for the day. Uh, <clears throat> I say this. Uh, we need to continue to be the light and the salt of this world. Most and first and foremost, uh, we need to continue to praise God for where we at, for where we stand in that. And we need to continue on those views, but also too to speak on this as I'm in the chair of economics, we need to be careful where our money is going to. Amen. Now I say this because of the factor, you know, and it's great that, um, the message today, what I've heard this morning was speaking on that subject. And then James chapter five, you don't know where we was into, but it speaks on, you know, not only how you get your money, if you get your money in the righteous way, but also where you're putting your money to, is it the righteous way? So even what you're purchasing and you're earning, make sure it's in the honest way possible, because if it's not, God's going to hold you accountable for that. So we need to put our money where our mouths are. You know, I know some some 
some folks that are of the faith that got billions, millions. Like, let's start some organizations and get these organizations off the ground. Let's bring, you know, legal teams together. You know, we don't have to go to the world and try to bring in their stuff and try to have us to combine to them or to conform to them. You know, our job is to be the light and the salt of this earth so that people will understand how it is to be Christian. And so if we can't stand on our values, then what the money is going to do is just going to draw you away from the faith. Amen. Don't be what first Timothy chapter six talks about. Please don't. Amen. Amen. We can fight to maintain the integrity of the church house. We can make sure that we try to educate the world, but we can also engage in lawfare. That's very true. In fact, I have a lot of friends and family even who are engaged in that. That is not off the table, especially when we're talking about non-Christians. That is absolutely not off the table. Wrapping up, final thoughts from me here from the producer's chair, which I guess we have coined this as the producer's chair. Just remember of the seven churches in Revelation, one of the poorest of them was the church of Smyrna. And if you've been listening for a while, you know what I'm going to say. I'm going to say it again. This church was in one of the wealthiest cities in the known world. They had streets with gold plating on the street, little streets of gold. Not kidding. They had temples to every God under the sun. They were tolerant of every religion, every credo. They would build a temple for someone. If they came in and they wanted to build it, they said, go ahead. We'll help you build it. But you have to pinch some incense and burn it on the altar for Caesar, noting his godhood, noting his authority over your life. That's all you have to do. If you note in Revelation, Smyrna was one of the poorest of the churches. They were persecuted because they did not pinch the incense for Caesar. Are you, dear listener, willing to suffer for Christ? There may come a day where you will be asked, wear this flag, burn this little pinch of incense, whatever it is. Are you ready to say, I stand firm on the word of God? Think about that. If you like this podcast, what's wrong with you? But thank you for liking it. <laughs> like, comment, question. share, subscribe. All those good things. Make sure that you let people know sharing is a new caring. YouTube, I see you guys out there deleting comments, deleting views. Yeah. And uh, we were getting a lot of views, and now we aren't. Thank you for letting us know that we are over the target. Appreciate it. And uh, with that in note, YouTube, we are getting we are getting flack from YouTube. Dear, dear listener, dear subscriber, please share this and uh, make YouTube more mad. By the way, I'm not going to say that uh, Clint's shirt is the one that uh, Joshua was wearing when they blew the trumpets and uh, <laughs> the towers and walls of Jericho fell down. But. Joshua looks pretty stunning while wearing it. So get some merch on Amazon further every day. We got the merch. And uh, with that, we love you.
Man, that was a pretty smooth plug. Done. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. If you're still here, if you're still here, we put you to sleep or you are a super listener. As always, thank you for listening. Going around the room, what is your favorite sport that has been embroiled in the LGBT or the woke in general? Just open it up, the woke controversy. Which sport have they sullied the most for you? And you can say no sport. No sport. You're just not a sport watcher. I'm just not. I'm not. Clint. And thankfully not wrestling, but UFC, when they did that male versus female, uh, I'm sorry. She got destroyed. <laughs> and that wasn't, it, wasn't, wasn't fair. It was no. pretty bad, but she wanted it. So. I mean, I love baseball and I'm so glad that they have not touched baseball yet. They're coming for you. <laughs> yeah, yes. probably. Yeah. I'd have to say, go with Clint, man. I tell you, uh, that UFC that thing. UFC thing. It I I think that was you know, she asked for it. Really it was hard did. to watch. Shouldn't have shouldn't that have shouldn't been. you know, shouldn't have happened in the first place. I mean that that gal could have gotten could have killed and, her. And a, been a, yeah, easily. I mean, just way too easily. John C. I actually love uh the UFC and WWE, but um the sport I grew up playing, basketball, because nowadays that league has gotten so soft. Uh, I can go on for tangents and days talking about the problems of the NBA, especially in them bending the knee to LeBron James, which, by the way, I'm not a LeBron hater. You know, congratulations on your three, you know, 38,000 points, but still not better than Michael Jordan. But the oh, NBA, oh, here we go. Here we go. the NBA, <laughs> man. NBA, man, just, just need to get your stuff together. Get your stuff together. That's all I'm going to say to that. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I do like baseball, but other than that, I'm not really a sports fan. So I never, I have never had to watch something that I love get hit by this, thankfully. But um, if they take baseball, guys, don't take baseball. Uh, tell us in the comment section what your favorite sport is that they've come for. With that said, love you. Bye-bye. For real this time. Bye. Bye.